1: 18 plus
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network
4: To the Celtic State of Mind, i Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I am delighted to be joined by Laura Bradburn and Kevin McCluskey for what was a decent afternoon's performance, Laura. Uh, we're 50 games into the age of Ange, there's 8 league games to go, unless I've got my sums wrong, 8 cup finals, all the clichés in the world, um, but that's one step closer to retaining or, re you know, reclaiming our uh, league title. Uh, overall, how happy were you with that performance, Laura?
5: Listen, the, the the thing that you're saying there about, you know, eight games to go and, and all that kind of thing, the important thing to remember is the title is in our hands at the moment. The way things stand, only us slipping up is going to be what loses is it. So from that point of view... A performance like today's, if we could get one like that every week for the rest of the season, would be. I'd be absolutely delighted with that. I thought, you know, although we talked at halftime about those couple of chances that Levy had in the first half, beyond the them hitting the bar and, and Joe Hart making that save, they didn't pose very much else of a threat. We looked like we were creating a lot of chances. We we scored three goals. Perhaps could have had more. Um, yeah, it was a little bit back to the the. The way we had been playing closer to the new year rather than the last five or six weeks which have been a bit more hesitant but I just I thought we were oozing confidence today and we looked like we were out there to do a job and and whether it figured in the players minds that who do that we talked about before the match they certainly looked like they were there to to make a point and, and certainly made it.
4: Well this is the thing Kevin we said before the game um we need to crack on and win this game and smash any hoodoos and put all that behind us and that's exactly what we've done. In terms of a performance, you know, we're at that stage all the cliches get uh, rolled out about, you know, it's all about the it's all about the actual result and the performance comes second, et cetera, et cetera. But surely when you come out and you win so convincingly and there's so many good performances within your team that it builds the confidence, it builds that momentum. Things that, you know, if you look at the record that we've had uh, over a, a lengthy period of time You wouldn't say that the, that the team lacked uh, momentum or confidence But there's been a few occasions in, in recent weeks Where the performances haven't been there um, And we might have struggled against teams That you would have expected us to uh, to blow away And today I just felt that we did that We absolutely looked a step ahead and a step above uh, Livingston
6: Yeah, we certainly did this, um, I think this is kind of what Laura's alluding to This has been our, our best and most complete performance That we've had since Motherwell so that's going back what five, six games if you take in the Bodo glimp matches as well. So it's been a while since we've put in this kind of performance, and <clears throat> we really needed it today for so many reasons. To say there's a, there's getting that hoodoo off the back here uh, at, at Livingston, there's getting Paulie's first vi- first victory, and show with me and Laura, which I think was probably playing in the players' minds more than anything else. Was playing on my <laughs> mind, mate. <laughs> I'm not letting you forget it either. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, for so many reasons, it was all about going out and, and you see, you're getting the win today, and that is that is the important thing to get the three points. But there's only so often or so many times that you can go out and just get a win before things start to creep in in the back of your mind. Today, we, we went out and we, we put on a proper performance. And we dominated it from start to finish at a ground where we've been terrible for the last two or three seasons that we've been going there. Mm -hmm. so I think psychologically as well everything about this win today is massive for us and it puts us in a really good place going into is it the final eight league games as he said so yeah
4: yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a good point you make there we blew away Rangers in the first half of that game uh, I thought we were quality in the second half as well when we maybe just didn't create as many chances as we did in the first half um, we followed that up I thought with a, a really decent performance against Motherwell but then since then first half against Aberdeen was good second half not so good Wraith Rovers and was quite critical of the performance in that game but for the two um, defeats to Bodo Glimt and, of course, we scraped by against Dundee. We drew against Hibbs. Wednesday night wasn't uh, so bad. I've, you know, I've got to say Wednesday night wasn't so bad. It was nothing each at half time. But I think today, Laura, it gives you that kind of idea that, you know, if there was anything that was just uh, niggling or, or hanging around, it's almost as if we blew it away today with that performance. How big a part of that was down to the changes made by Ange?
5: I think you can. I think you can sum it up even just by looking at, at the scorers. You know, like I, I talked at half time about how I thought that three of the four performers um, had had an impact, and that James Forrest perhaps hadn't had the impact that you that you would have hoped that he would have. But I mean, he he had a much better second half for me. Obviously, capped it off with the goal as well. Um, looked dangerous in that second half. Um, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell exactly from watching it what the change was in the system that we were playing that brought him more into the game. But certainly, um, he, he was great. And when when he gets through in those one on ones, he's 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 a you know a pretty. You would be silly not to back him in a one on one like that uh, to get a goal. So it was a really great run and great finish from him. Tom Rogic, I thought, was um, back to his best. Uh, again, he's perhaps been off the boil in a in a, a manner that suggests that maybe a lot of what we do relies on him and him playing well. And um, mm. maybe if he's been off the boil the last few weeks, that's why we've been off the boil. But as Chancellor says, I wouldn't disagree that Rogic was man of the match. There There's a few wee bits where he was like keeping up the ball and stuff like that, running along. And uh, yeah, he's just an absolute genius when he's at his best. Um, but I think changes or no changes, what you saw from the team today was... Exactly what we want to see, which is a team working as a team, working together, knowing everybody's role inside out, searching constantly for those goals. That old thing that we keep talking about from back at the beginning of the season in the training session about Ange saying we never stop. Well, unfortunately, in some of the games that we've alluded to over the past six weeks, we have looked like we've stopped. Today, we didn't. We kept going to the end. We We were still searching for goals, even when we were two up and we had three in the bag. Um, and like I said if we can just keep that going between now and the next you know eight or nine weeks I think I think it's going to be very hard for anybody to overturn the lead that we've got
4: yeah uh, Tommy Rogic has been brought up. Kevin McCluskey last week, uh, Dan, who made his debut on Axon uh, from over uh, in Australia, says that everybody over there has a shrine to Tommy Rogic in their house, <laughs> which I thought was fair enough. Absolutely no surprised. problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> Let's have a wee chat about uh, Rogic. I've managed to pronounce his name twice uh, differently there in the space of 60 Seconds. Let's have a wee chat about his season, the season that he's had. And we've spoken so many times, Kevin, about, you know, he'd been written off. He'd been written off. You you look at last season, there were so many players that you thought, right, their time has come to an end at Celtic. We need to um, have a clear out. We've had a clear out. And I don't think many would have uh, grumbled too much had he been one of the guys that left. What a season he has had. Yeah, I think he's gone off the ball a a wee bit, like a lot of players over the last four or five games. Um, But today, if that's the kind of performances that uh, he's going to serve up in the running, he's going to be massive for Celtic.
6: He is going to be, yeah. And I think you're spot on with what you said, and we've said this on on previous shows. If Rogic had left last summer or the summer before, few people would have batted an island at that time because he wasn't in the team. And he wasn't playing well when he was. He wasn't the influence that he he had been and that he's he's become again this season. And now he's pivotal to how we play. And, you know, you've got to put that then to, to him himself for getting himself back to the level where he was but also and for just getting the best out of him mm-hmm. putting him in a system that works for him and, uh, and playing a style of football that works for him for the first time in the decade or so that he's been with us he's playing 90 minutes consistently week yeah. in week out and he just didn't do that before and you've, got to, you've got to ask why or, or how could he not have done it before was he being mismanaged, was he being mistrained whatever it is you know, Angie is getting the best out of him, and uh, I, I fit, on-form Tommy Rogic is a frightening prospect to to be coming up against. So yeah, long may we can uh, kinda keep him at, the, at his peak, keep mm-hmm. his powers for the, the remainder of the season.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys that He's now in his 10th season, Laura It's hard to imagine, isn't it? 10, ten seasons At Celtic, although he never kicked a ball For us in the 2014-15 season um, There has been a few a few Campaigns where he's played more than 30 games But he's on, his, he's on his way To perhaps playing more games for Celtic This season than ever before And I was looking at that And his performances um, To try and be as fair as possible and say You know, he's maybe needing a rest He's maybe um, ran his race this season, uh, we've spoken about the players coming in from Japan. You know, back-to-back seasons, and um, it's almost as if it had plateaued. Hatati was one of the examples we had we had mentioned at the beginning of the game. Um, but it almost seems now, going back to your point about using the the squad uh, to its to its maximum, has worked today. We brought these guys back in, and I thought Tommy was rejuvenated this afternoon.
5: Yeah, I think I think the problem is like we were talking about before the match about this you play your strongest 11 out every week. They are not, you know, robots, they're not stats, they're not a stat sheet that you're putting out on the park. They're human beings who whose levels will fluctuate week to week, whose tiredness will fluctuate week to week, whose whose ability to play against certain teams will be different to their ability against other teams and so I think the squad game is is Something that we need to accept as a part of the modern game, with the intensity of the teams that we play against, their own physical fitness versus ours, and and if we want to reach the top of the game, um, you know, you're talking about fifty or sixty games a season. If you get to the latter stages of Europe, which is where the ultimate target is, so to say that eleven guys on a park can pay, play fifty or sixty games a season, it, it is naive. And I think Tommy Rogic is a, a really good Good example, somebody who nobody is unaware or of of the the struggle he has sometimes even to complete ninety minutes. Um, He looks as if his fitness levels have improved in that regard. He has completed ninety minutes on more than one occasion this season, Um, and also when he has been on the pitch. More importantly than not he's been very, very effective. And I think that's what we need to look at is if you change the attitude of the supporters and of, of the people watching the team is it's not about game time for players a lot of the time. It's about effective game time. So if a player's only effective for 60 minutes every second game, but they come on and score a hat load of goals or create a load of chances, then that's the way to best use that player. And, uh, and going back to your breakdown in the last six weeks or so, Although we haven't played great, the results, barring uh, getting put out of Europe, actually haven't been terrible. And so, actually, maybe that's just what we need to accept that there's going to be a down period. But as long as you're still getting the wins, as long as you're still getting the victories, then you can return to the form that we've seen today and hopefully well for the end of the season, where you're you're back flying, blowing teams away, and and scoring loads of goals.
4: If that's the patch, then I'm pretty happy with it, Laura, like you say, because we were grinding the results out uh, largely. And if you have to sacrifice those couple of games in Europe, although going into them we didn't want to sacrifice them, by the end of the season, if you get that league title in the cabinet, then it's going to be worth it. Now, indulge me for a moment. We're sitting here at 30 games played in the the league. There's eight games to go. Uh, We know that it was Andy's 50th competitive game in charge at Celtic. Kevin, as I say, indulge me just for a moment here. I'm not getting ahead of myself. But if we maintain this form and we manage to continue um, this, this unbeaten streak and we win the title, um, in terms of modern-day Celtic, how big is that in terms of the turnaround? Because we've, we've heard the Vim Janssen comparisons. We've heard the Martin O'Neill comparisons. As Posto Coglu walked into a shambles at Celtic, uh, I mean, the, the personnel turnover was huge. We asked the question at the beginning of the season with Kevin Graham basically saying if we're in touching distance arrangers to Rangers by January, we'll be happy. We're sitting top of the league and it's March. So how big an achievement would this be should we manage to do it this season?
6: If we can do this, I think you've got to look at this being probably the the, the biggest single achievement of a manager in this first season at Celtic in terms of turnaround of a, of a club, as you say. If you highlight Jansen, he came in off the back of Tommy Burns, who'd built a, a team that was playing really good football but just couldn't win anything. There was a basis of a team there, and he, and he just solidified it with a few good sign-ins and, and won us the most amazing title to stop the, their 10. Uh, O'Neill came in, and O'Neill got huge backing. He got like £25 million or something to spend that season, which was massive money at that time. Again... There was a the basis of a team. He was able to add the players that he needed to and just come in to a disaster. A squad that had to be totally ripped apart and rebuilt. Players like Tommy Rogic that we've just talked about that you're thinking, you know, he's kept him on, but why? <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if he left, no one would have batted an eyelid. And I was trying to be smart when, <laughs> when Laura was talking to check out Rogic's stats, but I couldn't quite find this out. I reckon this must be his season that he's played the most minutes for us. Never mind appearances, he'll have put in the most mm. minutes for us Yeah, yep. this season. Um, and it's little things like that as well that you, you kind of forget about. But if if Ange can see this through, and if we can win the league this season, I think it must go down as, as the biggest achievement of a, of Azekazi. A single turnaround in, in a first season as manager of the club. It's... Um, And this is from a guy that we've been consistently told his first season is always his worst as a manager. So if this is his worst season, you can only imagine how good things can be for next season and going forward. We obviously don't want to get too carried away and and get ahead of ourselves, but it's a good place to be in just now. You know, there's a lot of positives here that we can take and and why not? Why not uh, take that opportunity just to think of of the magnitude of, of even where we're at just now? To, to be top of the league in March, when
4: he said just being in touching distance would have been enough. You know the thing, Kevin, and I, I totally take what you're saying on board there. I'm trying my best not to get carried away. Um, but talking to guys like Kev Graham, uh, and for Kev to say, you know, if we're in touching distance, I, I just wasn't willing to accept that. If you if you go back to the Axon pods that we were doing yeah. at the time, Lord, I was like, we we can't afford not just financially. But the whole scenario, um, I mean, last season was a disaster. Not winning the league this season would be something of a disaster, Laura, because you know what um, that would mean for your opposition. It would, it would um, embolden Rangers. It would galvanise Rangers, both financially and on the park. And I think that, you know, when the two examples that I think Kevin's described really well there are taken into consideration, um, you know, taking over a team and winning the league, Martin O'Neill, yeah, absolutely. He was backed financially in a, in a massive way. But he also inherited um, guys like Henrik Larsson, uh, Ljubo Maravczyk, Champions League winner and Paul Lambert. So um, there was, like you were saying there, Kev, a real good nucleus at side. At the beginning of this season, and I've said that a couple of times recently, we're basically cobbling a team together. Uh, there was a few games just at you know, the beginning of the month there where we didn't have that many players who'd played more than 50 games for Celtic. It was Callum McGregor and Greg Taylor. Uh, we were obviously...
6: a 16-year-old in a Champions League game at the start yeah. of the season, which just shows how far we have fallen.
4: You know, Ben mm. Doak, Dane Murray, these guys have all had game time. And um, Joey Dawson, you know, we buy him from Scunthorpe and uh, basically he's bought for the B team. We end up having to use him. And when you take all of this kind of stuff into consideration, Laura, again, and I reiterate, not getting ahead of myself, but if Andy's able to complete this in the first season and uh, and win the league, how big is it for you compared to the other managers we've mentioned?
5: Well, I've always said um, <clears throat> that my lowest point as a Celtic supporter before last season was uh, the night that we get beat by St Mirren that led to Tony Mowbray's sacking. I thought we were so off the pace domestically and the idea of a run in the Europa League, never mind even getting to the Champions League, I genuinely thought at that time was going to be years away. Now, there's a part of me that thinks that perhaps, as a Celtic supporter, you can be too negative sometimes and think that it's all absolutely terrible and that things are miles away from happening and actually it's never the truth. But honestly, when Tony Mowbray gets sacked, I just thought he's taken it so far backwards that that, you know the type of football that we saw under Martin O'Neill, the type of Champions League nights we saw under him and uh, Gordon Strachan were, you know, a thing that a generation of Celtic fans weren't going to see. Because I remember growing up and Champions League was just something that Celtic weren't featured in. So when I was a teenager and we started getting into that, that was a dream come true. And I thought, well, here we're entering another phase where that isn't the case. Thankfully, it turned out to be different. But last season, I had the same feelings. I just thought... It's not just about the way we were playing. It was about the entire club, the way it was being run. It was falling apart from the inside. And I just genuinely thought, you know what? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
0: But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com
5: slash internet for details. To even have a functioning club who can make decent sign-ins, who can put in decent performances on the pitch, to have a manager who doesn't consistently berate the fan base and, and accuse all in sundry of things rather than look inwardly at their own limitations I thought that kind of thing is, is going to be a mile away and in comes Ange calls a spade a spade um, but not in a negative sense I always thought that when Stephen Gerrard started for managing Rangers he would call a spade a spade in a way that almost came across as a bit disingenuous to me like he was trying to be the big man and actually was saying things that that weren't necessarily 100% true, but was trying to be provocative and shocking. Ange doesn't have a go at people for the sake of it, but if you cross him in a way that he thinks is unfair, he'll let you know, and I think that that's fair. But even more than that, not only the person that he is, he's brought an attitude back to the playing style and an attitude back to the players of, this is how you win football matches, and if you're not good enough, you'll be out and somebody else will be in. There's no favourites that I can think of with him. There's nobody that I can think that he wouldn't drop if he thought they weren't performing. So often, even with our successful managers like Martin and Neil, there were certain players that you'd go week in, week out thinking, how's he still getting a game, knowing that it was just, he was a manager's favourite and that was how mm. he was in. Mm. Ange does not appear to have that and I love that about him. He's interested only in winning football matches and doing what's necessary to win those football matches. And the turnaround that we've seen, the fact that we're even disappointed that we went out against Bodo Glimt when we're in Europe after Christmas and still in a title race with a trophy in the cabinet already this season. That just shows you, like, I could not have foreseen back in August when we were going out of the Champions League to Michelin that we'd be sitting at this point with nine games to go in the season. I, for one, think... Yes, there's places I would like Celtic to go, but to be where we're at just now is beyond what I could have asked for. And absolutely, you know, if if five year contracts were a thing in modern football, I'd be saying get him to sign one. But um, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen.
4: <laughs> well, he has spoken about. I've seen loads of comments coming in about the contract situation with Ange, and he has spoken about everything he does is long term, and I think that's that's definitely a bonus. There's a lot of. Furore over the the trip to Sydney But a lot of other people were saying Well at least we know Angie's going to be here in November Which was a bonus Um, But see when I'm looking at the the situation That Laura reminds us of Last season The recruitment shambles The amount of loan players that were going to be uh, Going back to their parent clubs This so-called element of the Celtic uh, squad Who were unhappy, Kevin You know, and then, you know the club itself being so disengaged with the fan base. And, you you know, you're fast forward, and By the way, I don't think uh, the boards um, have changed a great deal. I think the CEO has made a massive impact since he's come in, and Michael Nicholson. Uh, but the rest of the board remain, and maybe that's a discussion for another day. But we we've, we've, we felt so far removed from the club at points last season. and <laughs> uh, Ange comes in, and I look at some of the players we've already mentioned, uh, Tommy Rogic and Angie's you know, part that he's played and, and his turnaround. But you've just also got to look at Tony Ralston, who I want to talk about uh, and near on and their uh, revitalisation, <laughs> resurrection almost, the Celtic players. Joe Hart's football career has been resurrected since and started working with him. And what about Starfield? Starfield, he's persevered with him. You know, when it would have been easy to drop him and bring in Welsh, he's persevered with him. And now what we've got is we've actually got a central defensive partnership that could I go as far to say we even trust Carter Vickers and Starfelt Because there's been certain moments this season Where I didn't feel that You've just got to look at the league table We've got the best defensive record So in terms of the impact And the impact that he's had on individuals It's not just one or two players I would argue that he's had that on Half a dozen players, Kevin
6: I think you're spot on again Yes, he's certainly he's, um, He seems like a very personable guy The kind of guy you could just get on with As Laura says, he calls a spade a spade he does that in interviews. You could imagine him doing that to you in training as well. If you're not performing, he'll let you know. And I think as a player, that's what you want because it helps get the best out of you. And he's certainly done that with certain players. And the ones that you've mentioned, so Rogic, yes, could have happily seen him leave a couple of seasons ago. Ralston was nowhere near the team and was being laughed at and ridiculed anytime he was getting near the team, even just last season. Beaton's another one that a lot of fans would have been happy to see Lee last season. There would have been no fanfare had he gone. But Andrew's come in and he's seen something in them and it might be that it's a personality thing with them. He sees that they're, they're triers, they've, uh, they've got a winning mentality maybe mm-hmm. and he likes that and he's, he's he's able to then get the best out of them which no one else had managed to do. And this again then comes back into what he's doing with the team in my opinion. It's as you know, Laura says, it's not about having a Maybe that settled, strongest starting eleven every week is having the strongest eleven for every single game, and that's what he's done now with somebody like Ralston. He's made him a player that can play in certain games for us, and when he does come in, he puts in a performance that we're now, you know, we're proud to have him as a Celtic player. Which you know, twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, because I thought I'd have been ridiculed for saying. Well,
4: Amy Canavan was ridiculed for for suggesting, uh, the mere suggestion that, that Ralston should come in for John Joe Kenny last season. And uh, you look at him now, it, it's got to the stage now, Laura, where you look at the performance of Ralston today, nobody even thinks about Ralston in the same vein as they did last season. Um, there was a moment where he, he's tried a spectacular finish and the Celtic fans gave him um, a big cheer because he, he absolutely scuffed it. But overall, his performance was excellent today. He's always got um, room. He always seems to have room. He always um, gives guys like James Forrest an outball. He does the same with Abada when he's teaming up with Abada. His work rate is unbelievable. Um, I mean, in terms of him being regarded as a, a player who, again, had he gone to St Johnston after his loan deal, or had he gone to Dundee United, no one would have batted an eyelid. And look at him now. He's actually an asset to the squad. And he he can step in like he did today with Juranovic sitting on the bench. He can step in and and be a big part of the victory um, as well. And I think that at the beginning of the season, Laura and Griffiths were both given one-year deals, weren't they? And you'll remember the kind of... Fallout from that, um, we got one out of the two right. But the way Ralston's gone about his business, he, he must look at Ange and just think that he's got a mentor in Ange Postecoglou.
5: I think the thing with Ralston is, it's, it's, it's. I would take it even further than saying you don't think about him in the same vein as you did last season. I would give him a big enough compliment by saying you don't even think about him sometimes, and that, and and I mean that in the positive sense of like. Last season, had you looked at that lineup and they had Ralston's picture next to the lineup today, you'd have gone, Anthony Ralston, oh, we must be playing the second string, we're no caring about this game today, blah, 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 and all that. Folk weren't even talking about the fact that Ralston was in the team in a lot of ways, apart from the fact that he hadn't been in the, the previous few games. It was certainly not seen as a negative. Um, and given the fact that the player he was replacing is Juranovic, who's one of the best players we have, is a massive compliment to Anthony Ralston. Going back to Ange calling a spade a spade, I think his man management skills are exhibited in no better way than in the, the change in performance of Anthony Ralston. Perhaps what Anthony Ralston has needed is somebody to say to him, listen, you're not going to play every week. We have better or more uh, like natural footballers at the club than you but you can be a vital cog in the machine at various points in the season and when I bring you in, you better be ready to do your job. And maybe that's enough for Anthony Alston. I know as a Celtic supporter, if I was playing for Celtic and somebody said that to me, you're not going to play every week, but when you do, you'll be important. That would be enough for me as a Celtic player, personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so for him to come in and do what he's done is absolutely fantastic. And I think also perhaps what we maybe fall into the the trap of doing is praising his attitude when actually we should pra- praise his ability a little bit more than we do. I think, he, I think he, you know, going back to the statistics side of things, not to sound too much like Alan Morrison, but Jim was talking about on Friday the fact that in an attacking sense anyway and in an assisting and scoring sense, if you exclude Juranovic's penalties Ralston's actually been more deadly going forward statistically than, than Juranovic this season. Now, it might be because he's played slightly less games, but you know you can't argue sometimes with the numbers on the sheet. And, and I think all we can say about Ralston is he's, an, he's the epitome of what I would want to see in a Celtic player. It's not necessarily all about, about ability. Sometimes it's about attitude. But what it also shows is you can change what you get out of a player if you manage them correctly there's something that Neil Lennon didn't see there's something that Callum Davidson didn't see there's something that and you could go back and back and back from when he was 17 years old and made his debut what five or six years ago now there's been a succession of football managers who've not seen something in Ralston Ange has come in looked at it slightly differently and has got the best out of him and if he's doing that with him you can bet your bottom dollar he's doing it with 99% of the other players at the club
4: yeah Absolutely. I I do think it epitomises the the turnaround demand management ability of Ange Bostokoglu in one example, Laura. I mean, Tony Ralston now has played more football this season than at any other time in his football career. And we've got to take that into account. Him, Rogic, these guys aren't used to playing the amount of minutes that they've been playing this season. So it takes us back to that point that we made at the beginning of the show around, um, you know, players dropping out, coming back in as the season progresses. It wouldn't be right, I don't think, to finish off today. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We've been thousand, um, twelve hundred strong live without talking about two other players, James E. Forrest and Dyson Maeda, because both have come in for a fair bit of criticism. I'll start off with Maeda. He wins the penalty for us. He scores the opening goal and he forces uh, the living player to to turn the ball into his own net by basically doing what we know he can do and getting in about their mince, as they say. How impressed were you, Kev, with Maeda's performance today?
6: Yeah, I was very impressed with him. Very impressed. I thought his first half performance was excellent. You know, he was doing all that you know, sort of the unsung work that he hadn't been getting the praise for beforehand. And we, were, we were beginning to notice it a lot more today because, as I said, at half-time, I think we were looking for it a bit more. But he was doing um, so that the high-pressing stuff, closing down the keeper. He's, um, it was quick reactions to get the shot away that led to the penalty. His movement was brilliant, I thought, in the first half. It was a real nuisance. And he carried it on in the second half. So you see, It's his uh, presence just being there that causes the mistake for the second goal. He had a chance as well. Um, it would have been on the hour mark-ish, I think. Um, Jota's come down there. The left-hand side and swinging across, and it's that's the kind of delivery that Maid has been crying out for. And mm-hmm. he was unlucky keeping with a decent save. I felt his overall uh, impact in the game was positive, and I can't really have any complaints about what he did today. Same with Jamesy Forrest, and, and in all honesty, first half he was probably a bit quiet, as kind of Laura said. A lot of the play was coming down the left and ignoring him. But whenever he got the ball he was again, you know, he was trying to make things happen. He's um maybe the end product wasn't always there, but he didn't give up. And he had that one clear chance and he took it. And again, he made himself a nuisance. And he's just finding his way back into the team after lengthy absence as well. So I think you've got to account for that rather than mm. just expect him to come back in and be the player he was two seasons ago. It's not gonna happen. He's gonna take a bit of time to get up to speed. But In general, today, I thought both of them were
4: were very, very impressive. You've already spoken about Forrest uh, today, Laura, and I agree with Kevin. I thought that, you know, I'm not going to go as far to say he was back to his best, but he contributed and contributed well to today's game. He's been written off so many times in his Celtic career, hasn't he? But you've got to take into account the fact that the last two seasons, this season included, have been hampered so much by lengthy injury layoffs. Um, If he's coming into... Forum and Maeda's coming into form, then you've got other players to come back like Kyogo, like Turnbull. This is all happening at the right time. We've spoken about a lot of our creative players all hitting hitting a bit of a dip in form over the last few weeks. Um, Jota, looked back to Mm. the Jota of old Rogic, you know, we've already spoken about. O'Reilly, I thought when he came on against Hibbs was one of the best players on the park. If it all clicks with eight games to go, then it's going to be massive for Ange, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it might be be the inverse of of a lot of our players dropping in form over the last few weeks is that they all peak at the right time as well and that's what you hope for Um, You know, there's a reason it's called the business end of the season and it's because looking at any of the fixtures we've got coming up on an individual basis don't seem that intimidating but if you place on top of it the fact that you've got to keep a lead at the top of the table when you've got less chances to slip up and less chances to make it up that's where the pressure comes in. And I think if the players can get to a point... The, the, the fact of the matter for me is if if they can get to a point where their form is so good that they're blowing teams away, pressure doesn't come into it then. If you're, if you're scoring goals freely and you know you can beat the team in front of you on a week-to-week basis, your position in the league or what other teams are doing, what your opposition is doing... Um, what your main rivals are doing doesn't come into it. You just play your game and you blow the teams away. And that's certainly how it looked today and that's how I hope it continues towards the end of the season. Obviously, we've got I think we've got Rangers to play again uh, early April um, and that's a game that you would, you know, of all the games left, you would think is going to be the biggest uh, issue for us. But having said that, for all their... For all their escapades in Europe, um, and I'm not petty enough to say that it wasn't a great result against Dortmund, That absolutely was, but they haven't replicated the form that you saw them play against Dortmund domestically, they have struggled domestically and they seem to continue to be doing that, it was a scraped win yesterday, they are not a team who is flying and we look like a team who is, like you say, returning to, to good form hopefully off the back of today. And if that continues, then I don't think we've got anything to fear going forward from from them or from anybody else. We just need to do what Ange says, don't look at the neighbours and concentrate in our own back garden.
4: Yeah, absolutely and um, it's been a, an enjoyable afternoon as I say 1200 you strong live on the chat watching on the various platforms if you have been watching on YouTube make sure you subscribe to the channel click the notifications bell like the video get involved retweet all that kind of stuff thanks very much it's greatly appreciated and all that's left for me to say is Celtic sit pretty three points ahead of the nearest challengers at the top of the league Is thank you once again Laura Bradburn Kev McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic state of mind <laughs> Thank <music>
2: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EZ to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sport Social Podcast Network.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?